0: My name is Jo Wise and this is Wise Women, a podcast released on the full moon where I ask women to share the wisdom they found in their greatest life challenges. And new for this series, I also ask them to name the men that supported them through their darkest moments. This podcast is released every full moon because in ancient times, our female ancestors would synchronize their cycles with the cycles of the moon to make their connection, their creativity, their cleansing, even more powerful and the full moon is a wonderful time for communication and expression my hope with these podcasts is that the story you're about to hear brings healing to the woman who's sharing it knowing it's being heard by her sisters but that parts of the story may resonate with your experiences and bring healing to you as well are you finding it hard to communicate with the consciousness of some humans at the moment yeah me too And perhaps also like me, you're finding more and more comfort and reassurance in nature. Well, if that's the case, you will love this wise woman conversation I had with Emma Farrell, a healer and teacher who's able to interact with and receive healing and guidance from plants and trees. Her studies have taken her all over the world to learn from shaman elders and master energy healers. And her studies have also taken her deeply inside herself and brought her home, both metaphorically and physically, where she now teaches and treats others using the wisdom of the plants and trees of her own land. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me on your show. Now, I'm going to launch straight in with the first question, which is about your challenge, because this podcast is all about asking women for the wisdom they found in their greatest challenges. And for you, um, we're going to go back to you being eight or nine years old and you were very very seriously ill so ill in fact I I think you told me that you were actually read your last rites weren't you
1: yes so I was um very sick as a child I had chronic asthma chronic hay fever and little patches of eczema but the, the hay fever and the asthma was so bad that I would spend literally the whole summer um, on the sofa. I got so weak, I couldn't feed myself or, or even get up to, to take myself to bed. So my parents were, were very much on hand. And there was one particular summer that was especially strong pollen count, I think, and a child of my parents' friends had died because of something very similar to, to me, and so they were very apprehensive. I was very sick, and so we were of a Catholic family, and so the, the priest was called.
0: Yeah. Wow. So in terms of your illness, what was causing it? Now that you look back on it from the knowledge that you now have, which we're going to talk about in the podcast, what do you now know about that illness and, and where it came from?
1: So... Asthma is very much associated with grief because the lungs are where we store our grief. If you look at uh, traditional Chinese medicine, they will tell you which parts of the body we store our emotions in. And so the lungs are uh, are grief. And I know that my mother had a lot of sad things happen to her. And the child that she um, had in between me and my sister was stillborn. So very very sad time for my mother. And so as an empathic person and somebody who um, feels other people's emotions very strongly, I soaked up a lot of that sadness of hers. And it manifested as, as grief in my lungs. And not we didn't know this at the time um this has only come out years and years later and, and this wisdom that's arisen within me and you know and there's no blame anywhere. It's just simply that's that's what can happen to children. We're we're like sponges at that age. And so we soak up all the energies and the the emotions that are in our direct environment. And although you
0: did recover as a child, you still later on in life were experiencing quite serious symptoms, weren't you?
1: Yes. So on my spiritual path later on in life, um, once I'd started really doing a lot of deep meditation, I took a couple of years off after um, we lived in the Middle East for a while and on the way and, and then moved to India. And that's where my my journey inward started and I did a lot of um, studying at the Dalai Lama's temple and lots of meditation retreats and then moved to Italy to do my master's degree in Tibetan Buddhism and it was a practicing master's degree so we did a lot of meditation and a lot of practice and so once I started on this path of, of deep inward inquiry I then also discovered the plants as well which is a whole other the story of how that came into being but but during this process I, I suddenly came out in in chronic eczema from head to toe and it was a re-emergence of this chronic illness that i had as a child and so because i'd been doing lots of inner inquiry and i had been freeing up lots of blockages and things within my mind all of this sadness and grief came pouring through me and, and the, the skin is the second lungs and so it took me quite a while to work this out of what was was actually going on. But I was crying for about six months <laughs> and, and in, in a lot of pain, even around my eyes, down my arms, down my legs, across my chest. I was in a lot of uh, discomfort. Well, that was
0: going to be my next question, actually, Emma, but I wonder if you can expand on it a bit more is um, I've never experienced eczema. I've I know friends whose children have got eczema and things like that, but how does it feel to to experience eczema? What's it like?
1: Well, it's like you're burning up from the inside out and the the itch are, is so deep that you, you can't scratch it. You can't scratch your skin because it will just bleed and the itch is not on the surface anyway. And so it's something that you just can't get to and it's deep. And for me, because I was in this meditation process, every time I went into a deep meditation and I calmed my mind, the itch would just leave. And so that those are the moments of respite that I would get. So I would meditate a lot and I would get this time to really explore what was going on within myself. Where was this? What was it? What was this itch I just can't scratch? You know, what was the emotions underlying this surge of fire that was coming out through me? And, and it was grief. It was sadness. And I realized that I'd been carrying this sadness in the background within me my whole life. And it's, you know, when you get used to something, it just becomes part of your background mm. noise, if you like. And so I I'd, I'd kind of just tucked into it every now and again and, and noticed it, but hadn't really made a deep inquiry into it. And because I knew it was a spiritual process that was going on, because I'd released it, because I understood at that point that our physical body and our mind are are no different. They're not separate. The energy field, the mind, the body, it's all one. You know, we like to separate things out and compartmentalize things, but actually it just works in one unified whole. And so what was going on in my mind was being expressed through my body what was going on in my energy field was was also being expressed through my mind. So I was understanding that this was a spiritual process. And so I knew there would be a solution. And so that's what drove me to find the solution because I couldn't live with this my entire life. I just had to dig deeper and deeper. And it took me three years
0: And Emma, I'm so excited to talk to you about the solution and your wisdom. I can't wait to get on to the next bit of the interview. But I just want to point out here that we're summarizing your illness and your realizations about what happened to you in a very, very condensed way. This happened over a period of years. It involved an awful lot of soul searching. And I think it's also important to point out that not everybody's journey is going to be the same. You know, there might be people listening to this now thinking, oh, I've got eczema and maybe I've got grief and da da da. But everybody is unique. Everybody's journey is going to be unique. And also the point I was making there is that this has taken you pretty much all of your life so far to unravel, hasn't it? It's a big it's a big undertaking to to look at your illnesses this deeply. That's what I'm saying.
1: It is, you know, and it's important that we go back into our childhood as well and see what were the themes? What were the illnesses? What were the energies around us? What were the influences? What were the traumas? And then quite often under those, there are ancestral or soul traumas. So because I work with the spirits of the plants, I'm a plant spirit healer, so I work with the spirits to do the the healings for our clients – then because i'm working with the soul force of the plant that the the soul force that works through the plant just as just as you've got a soul that works through your physical body the plants also have a soul force that works through their physical body and so when you work with that at, at that level with the plants you can really get down to the ancestral and soul trauma level within us humans
0: okay so now we're moving on to your wisdom, really, because on this podcast, you're going to talk about the healing you found by connecting to the spirit of plants, the consciousness of plants. So your website, I ought to just add, is called plantconsciousness.com, where you offer training and healings. We'll talk more about that later on. But this subject might be brand new to a lot of people, so let's really break it down simply. Before we talk about plant consciousness, Can you first talk a bit about the word consciousness in general? What does the word consciousness mean to you?
1: Consciousness is awareness. It's being aware of something. And so if you think about the realm that we live in, we live in a realm that is created by the earth. We live in Gaia's consciousness you know, it's the consciousness that creates all of nature. It creates the rocks and the trees and the rivers and the streams. And there's one huge biosphere that is the earth. And within that consciousness, we arise as children of that earth, along with the animals and the plants and the insects and the birds. And so as, as the, the Mother Earth provides us the matter, the physical matter with which to have an individual body, then, then the masculine counterpart of that is spirit, which animates us. And so through the combination of spirit and matter, consciousness can arise. We can have self-reflective awareness of ourself as an individual. But within the Gaia consciousness, there are many, many levels of consciousness from, from, like, from the plant and animal realms right up to the, um, the more divine realms.
0: Okay, that makes complete sense. You know, consciousness is awareness. Having said that, there's lots of people struggling at the moment with human consciousness, uh, human ego consciousness running amok at the moment. And, you know, there's other people that are just getting to grips with being able to communicate with animals. That sometimes is a bit of a boundary pusher for people. What about plant consciousness then? Because that's another step, isn't it? How can you describe to people that plants are conscious?
1: Okay, so, I mean, this is not only part of the indigenous wisdom of most indigenous cultures that I've come across around the world. Um, I've studied in the Amazon and it's just part of their daily life down there. And so within our own islands and with our own traditions, I think this has been lost. But I think maybe within the, the druids, the witches of, of these islands, this this concept Um, existed except we didn't they didn't perhaps put labels on it because it was just part of their daily existence but in terms of modern understanding of it of it the plant consciousness has been studied since the 19th century there was uh, experiments scientific experiments done by a professor of uh, physics and botany called uh, Chandra Bose and he established through these scientific experiments that plants have a nervous system, they can make decisions, they have memory, and therefore they have a consciousness. And so each plant, each species of plant carries particular frequencies of Mother Earth, particular expressions of the Gaia consciousness. And through that expression, through that frequency, then the soul force of the plant uh, works through that. So does that answer the question? Perfectly. And I wanted to actually to share
0: my experience of plant consciousness with you because it might be something that people can relate to. But I have a friend. She's actually a mutual friend of ours who encourages me to go out on these walks. And, you know, if I'm feeling a, a certain way, just to notice my surroundings, notice the environment, notice what plants are around and perhaps, you know, just ask if there's anything that I need to become aware of. And I was on one of these walks the other day and I was really drawn to go and look at this plant and I studied it for a while and I touched it gently and I thought to myself maybe I should pick this plant take it home with me and study it a bit closer. So in my head I kind of thought you know should I pick this plant and really kind of thought quite deeply about that question but the answer that came back very clearly in my head was you know don't pick the plants there's no need to pick it and I'd taken a picture of it because I was so drawn to this plant went home sent this picture off to to my friend and asked asked her what the what the plant was and she came back and she instantly and she said don't pick the plant she said that is poison hemlock and I thought to myself after that How did I know that? And are you saying that that could have been a connection with plant consciousness that I experienced?
1: Yes. Um, There's a couple of things to say there. I think, yes, definitely, that plant was catching your attention, however at the same time you know it's a co-creative partnership you're not it's not the plant only that you are involved in that um, dialogue that that took place and so through your own body wisdom which is really important for our to strengthen our intuition to get in touch with our body wisdom our bodies know far more than our conceptual mind and so through your body wisdom also your um the, the plant yeah you would know whether that plant was good for you or not if you're mm. in touch it just means you're in touch with your intuition at the same time you know when we were in nature it opens our heart chakra and so it's through the heart chakra that we communicate with the plants and trees. So when you're relaxed, you're walking through the, the woodland and you're feeling into the plants and the trees, seeing which one's call to you, you're actually opening your heart chakra because it's the heart that works through entrainment with our environment. It tells you the connections and the patterns and the the ambiences and the atmospheres and so you're really dropping into your heart consciousness so there's a few things at play there but but definitely yes the the plant would have been involved in that at some level do you remember
0: your first experience with the power of plants particularly coming through
1: your recovery of your eczema i do my introduction to plants was through teacher plants. Now, these are a, a type of plant that are psychoactive. When we first run, started running our events in London, uh, we ran an event at the Royal Geographical Society about lucid dreaming and out of body experiences and, and things like that. Somebody came to the event and, and asked me, have you ever heard of plant medicine, of, of sacred plant medicine? And I hadn't. And so anyway, he invited um, me and my husband to a, a ceremony with Iboga, to a sacred plant ceremony, with the, uh, which is an African root. So uh, we went to the ceremony, and um, I, I had no idea or expectations of, of what it would be. But with teacher plants, what they do is they really quickly open up our psychic channels and they take us into the spirit realm to have a direct experience of the astral planes, the spirit realms, etc. Because we're very cut off from the spirit realm. This is, and this is my belief of why plants such as ayahuasca um, came into the West and, and left their homelands of the jungles and came into the West to wake people up and remind us that we are part of the earth and that we have these deep connections to the earth, to the plant realms, etc., and to all of life on on the earth. And there were not parasites on this planet. You know, we are actually children of the planet. And so, I had this experience with with this iboga, and this it was a two day ceremony. And during this ceremony, the spirit of this plant came to me, and I sat and had a conversation with this spirit of the plant. The first time I'd ever really had a such a long and prolonged conversation with another spirit, and I could ask it anything. And it was te- giving me the answers that, that I could then take away to explore myself. And so the important thing here with with teacher plants is that they're teachers, they're not fixers. And so they give you the bits of information or the the teachings that you need to go away and do your own homework. And so they're not a quick fix, and they are medicine, so they're not for everybody. Um, But because I had a, a meditation practice, because I had a spiritual practice already, I was able to understand what was going on. I was able to hold my center, and I was able to see and experience the spirit of the plant. And that was paradigm shifting. It completely blew my mind and shifted my consciousness into a whole new, different realm. And I realized I already had lots of connections to trees and to plants. And I already spoke to them as children. But it kind of gets, you know, hammered out of you as you as you grow older, and your mind goes towards earning a living, I suppose. So that was my first experience.
0: So the aboga was a real, like you said, real teacher plant for you. But you've had experiences with other teacher plants too, haven't you? A A very profound one, actually, with cannabis.
1: I did. Cannabis is, you know, a beautiful medicine. It has been abused over the years, and of course it's it's still illegal, like a lot of these plants are, which to me is just insane. But it is a medicine, and it is a psychedelic plant, actually, cannabis. But during my healing process, once I'd had this experience with Iboga, I realized that actually you can approach any plant with reverence and uh, with sacredness, and you can have just as much of a psychedelic experience and a profound healing experience with any common native plant or tree. It doesn't have to be a teacher plant. However, what the teacher plants do is they open up a certain healing space so that your mind can expand, your psychic channels can open, and you can understand yourself, who you are, how you operate in the world, how you connect to spirit or don't connect to spirit, on a much deeper level. And so, when with my eczema story, what happened with that is that after three years of um, searching, I was doing a lot of different plants. The only plant that would help me during that process was nettle. I, I'm not really not into taking any uh, pharmaceuticals at all, so I didn't go to the doctors. I literally sought uh, natural remedies and i would actually sting the eczema with the nettles actually it was the only wow. thing that yeah if if you actually sting if your eczema is itching and you sting it with the nettles you just get the buzz of the nettles but you don't get the itch which is much more <laughs> and much more preferable so what the what the cannabis did it was an edible cannabis and what it did is it opened my heart chakra And so basically I was taken to this in meditation to this place where the the spirit of the cannabis asked me and showed me the, the root cause of my grief. And that actually I didn't even want to be here. And that's what a lot of the plants do is when we work at a soul level with them, they take you down to your tr- deepest existential questions. We're so conditioned into thinking that we're, like I said earlier, parasites on this planet or that we're not right or there's something wrong with us or we need to aspire to be this and that. And But actually that's just taking us away, away from us and from our heart. And so what I realized was through this meditation process with this plant, is that even though I was quite happy within myself, every, I looked back over my life and I realized that even during moments of happiness, that I'd, I realized that I always wanted to be somewhere else, but I didn't know where that place was and it was an unconscious thing but suddenly this was i was as my heart chakra was opening i was kind of understanding myself on this soul level and so through this process of inner inquiry i realized that i actually didn't even want to be here as a spirit living in a physical body i i just wasn't actually happy being here and so i never committed to things in this world it is difficult for me to express actually but what happened then is the the cannabis basically said to me you can you have to make a decision either you're gonna stay or you can leave and you can leave and, and the cannabis was extreme what was happening is what I was getting waves of intense energy through my body and I didn't really know what was going on until the spirit of the the plant came in and started talking to me and so in that moment I made, what the in Sanskrit is, Sanskrit is called a sankulpa. It's a decision that is made with 100% commitment. And I, in that moment, when I made that decision to stay, because I, I loved my husband, I've got fantastic parents, I have a beautiful life, actually. And so in that moment, I made that decision. My heart chakra just burst open, and I just suddenly fell in love with the world. And I fell in love with the plants. And I, it was so... Profound, and I had a huge shift in consciousness, and that had been a, a three-year journey to to get there.
0: Wow. Well, I'm glad you ended with that actually the the thing about the three-year journey because I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, how they want to get in touch with plants like ayahuasca and peyote and cannabis, all the teacher plants, because they want to find out about themselves. But again, I want to stress Emma that. This was really the culmination of a very long inner journey for you. You knew how to interpret your own inner thoughts first, didn't you, before seeking the counsel of another consciousness?
1: Absolutely. I think I've seen a lot of people work with ayahuasca and some people just literally take it once or twice and that's it. They've got enough juiciness to work with for the rest of their lives and they they do their homework and they they integrate the the transformational processes that come with that. And then I've seen other people who drink it for 10 years every month and there's no change in them. And so it really is a co-creation with the plants. Whichever plants you work with, whether it's a teacher plant or whether it's a common native plant, It really is a co-creation. It's about your intentions, your uh, understanding of yourself and and your commitment to making that inquiry about yourself so to understand yourself on a deep level. And what happens is the more you inquire, the more you shift and move through these blockages that that, um, obscure yourself from yourself. But these processes, they are really important to have a meditation practice, for me, is fundamental. And so so whichever plants you're working with, whichever form of spirituality you're taking, whichever... Form of healing you're embarking on a meditation practice will just help you understand things on a much better level and will speed up the process for you so it's your commitment that speeds it up not necessarily which plant you take
0: <laughs> yeah and also i, I don't I, think it's just about the efficiency and the uh, the quickness of it emma i think it is about uh, for your own safety as well you need these foundations of inner practice uh, for example, I, I consider myself to be pretty good at, you know, reflection and contemplation and inner work. I have no desire at all to try ayahuasca or peyote at the moment. I'm not saying it would it would it would ever change, but at the moment, and certainly you know, for my whole life, I've never had a desire for that. But I do work very closely with um, a plant called mugwort, which I wanted to talk to you about as well. So I drink mugwort tea, I've got mugwort in the garden, I eat her leaves, I take her essences and her tinctures. And this plant is a very gentle way of working. But at the same time, she's still a teacher plant. Absolutely. You know,
1: Magwa is one of my main plant allies, so I work with her also. I've worked with her every day probably for about seven or maybe eight years. And she works with me in all of my clearings for my clients. She's so diverse in her healing abilities. It's it's you could spend a lifetime and, and perhaps become just a mugwort shaman. <laughs> 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 who knows? But um, she's not psychoactive. But she sits just on the border because she's um, her sister is wormwood, who is part of our psychoactive. Uh, plant group. And so she just sits on the edge because she still contains the a low dosage of the thujone, which is the psychoactive ingredient um, in wormwood. And so um, she's a very powerful plant. She's known as the, the witch's first herb for a very good reason, because of her protective qualities, but also because of her transformational qualities. You know, like you said, she can be gentle, but she can be fierce at the same time because <laughs> But we need that wrathfulness, we need that wrathful quality to arise within ourselves so that we can tackle our inner demons, because it's not easy, you know, and so we need a strong, we need strong teachers to help guide us along the path, and Mugwort, her main quality is her alignment, she realigns things back to your center, back to yourself, back to your natural way of being. That's why she helps us to develop our clairvoyance, our inner seeing abilities, because she's aligning you back to your originality. You know, we, we were born with these inner senses. Um, they've just been kind of squashed because we're, we're so fixated with the physical world but she aligns you back to your center. She's centering, she's grounding. And so that's the place we need to work from on all of our healing or spiritual path is a place of centeredness and groundedness. So amazing plant for you to be working with. And we always recommend all our students to start with mugwort for for various reasons, but that's, that's
0: one of them. Yeah, and I think that's my point as well is knowing how powerful she can be. You know, my goodness, the thought of ayahuasca... Or peyote is not where where I want to go. I want to start gently because I know how arduous inner work can be. And if you're asking for help from other realms as well, it becomes even deeper. Now, I wanted to talk as well, Emma, about a subject I'm sure which is quite close to your heart, which is, um, and I'm going to use the word actually, the abuse of plants. You know, if we look at the world at the moment and we think about the sterilization of plants, maybe the patenting of plants, the mass industrialization and also how we just, you know, I say we, but the conventional health industry just extracts the chemical compounds. You've been talking about the consciousness and the spirit of plants and just taking the chemical compounds out is a type of abuse of plants, isn't it? How do you feel about uh, our relationship as a collective at the moment and the, the plant spirit world?
1: Well, you know, when I was in the Amazon jungle and I spent time in a a, a traditional village and community out there, a Kichwa community, I did mention about the extraction of compounds and uh, chemicals from plants to treat people and the villagers were horrified. You know, (laughs) it's not, it's not a concept, they just couldn't understand why you would do that. You know, a plant is a plant because it's a plant, it's a whole, and so... It doesn't just work in isolation within itself. It works within the energies of the land within which it grows. It works with the soul forces that are working through it. So if you just take one element out of it, you're only going to get a very narrow bandwidth of its healing qualities. But biopiracy in the Amazon is a huge problem where you know the the parts of the plants are taken without even consultation from the 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 native and the the, the native people and so these are their plants from their country and we just think we can just go in and, and take it from them so there's a lot of bad karma around around this and it also seeps into the, you know, the plant medicine, the teacher plant world where people go to the Amazon, drink ayahuasca for a weekend, come back and want to be giving it, want to be the shaman and giving it to mm. other people. This is really dangerous because most people who work with these complex medicines um, have trained for 10 years because they are so complex. They will, sp- People will spend 10 years just with one plant. And so there's a lot of shadow that goes on in this world as well. But for me, I wanted to understand how my ancestors worked. I understood and, I, you know, it made me sick seeing all the kind of the problems that were around, all the ayahuasca and, and all the appropriation of all these medicines and, and how the pharmaceutical companies treated all the indigenous people. But I wanted to bring forth... medicine of our land we don't have to go and make have a long-distance relationship with a plant from another continent we can just walk outside into our own countryside and so this is what I wanted to bring through in my work and to understand and bring through in myself is finding myself through the plants and trees of my own land
0: beautifully said Emma, I love everything you you just expressed there. Um, earlier on, we were talking about coronavirus, weren't we, and everything that's going on in the world at the moment. And we've just been talking about pharmaceuticals and extracting chemical compounds and things. What's really been interesting for me, uh, everybody I've spoken to about coronavirus, and I did a, a podcast with a lot of previous Wise Women guests about their wisdom that they were finding in the coronavirus. And so many people are saying that, the thing that they have found the most comforting about all the disruption is how they've been able to reconnect, but we're never really disconnected, how they've been able to reconnect with nature. And that must be music to your ears, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I think we've all seen the reports on the news about how the um, nature's returned to the um, even the canals in Venice, you know, that they're clean and the you can see through to the bottom of the, the water, how the atmosphere has been able to cleanse and purify from all the toxicity from the pollution of the cities. So, yeah, I mean, the earth is being able to breathe again. And I think what this situation is doing, this um, lockdown, Lock up, lock down, lock in has done is it's allowed us to, for everything else that we're usually attached to, to just fall away. Not for everybody. I totally appreciate there are people on the front line. There are people, you know, having to still work. There are people who are uh, dealing with a lot in their lives. But what it's doing is it is making us look at our lives. Have we completely put all of our attention into just making money? Where has that got us? How happy are we actually when we take everything away and we just sit in our house and look at ourselves and look at our life without all the distractions? What, what are we doing? How happy are we? And so what I've seen a lot is that people are out walking, everybody's gardens are going to be beautiful this summer, I think. Um, ours certainly is, you know, we've had a lot more time to um, spend with the plants. And I've just heard a lot of people have really taken this time as a time of self nourishment, and, and really taking that time to just reassess where they are in their life. So on the one hand, we've got this pandemic that's going on that's creating such turbulence in the world and a lot of suffering but on the other hand there's a, a the paradox of that is that actually we've all been given a huge chance to make some profound changes in our life and so for me that that's the that's the interesting thing of what's happening
0: yeah and i think there's going to be an awful lot of people emma that will want to find out more about the consciousness of plants and with that in mind i really want to direct people to your your website and your platforms as well so if people want to find out more how can they contact you
1: sure um our website is plantconsciousness.com and there's contact forms on there or you can get me at emma at plantconsciousness.com by email And there's information about our healings because we we do remote clearings. And so we work with our spirit team, our plant spirit team, um, to clean up people's energy fields. And we run training courses because what we're seeing is that, you know, the world is on a certain trajectory and people are getting more and more sick. And so we need more healers. We need healers of all different kinds. I'm not saying my type of healing is better than anyone else's. I'm just saying that there are certain types of healing and um, healing on the metaphysical level and with the plant spirits is very much needed in the modern world. And so we're training.
0: I think you're absolutely right, Emma. I think energy medicine and vibrational medicine uh, more and more are going to be needed as we evolve Our species so if you want to find out more about Emma and her husband David and the website and the training courses then uh, go and check out that website really really well worth a look. Emma thank you so much for joining me on Wise Women. Before you go I do have three quick questions that I want to run through with you that I ask every woman that appears on this podcast so I'm hoping you're up for that. Absolutely. Okay so the first question Emma I wanted to ask you is for your words of wisdom, this can be either your favorite quote and it might be a famous quote or it might be something that somebody said to you and you just have never forgotten. So uh, what words of wisdom can you share with us now?
1: Sure. Well, the the fundamental principle that I live my life with is the hermetic axiom of as above, so below, which also interprets as as within, so without. So that if we want to continue to be the best that we can in the world, if we want to heal, if we want to be able to cope with everything in our external world, because there's more turbulence to come throughout the rest of this year, then we have to know ourselves. We have to know what's inside of ourselves, and we have to bring balance and equanimity to our interiority, and that reflects to our exterior life as well. And so as above, so below. Oh
0: my God, I love it. Okay, next question is for your male mentor. And the reason I ask this, Emma, and I think this will ring true to you as well, is that obviously this platform is for women and probably listened to by the majority of women. But I think, you know, all of nature teaches us, doesn't it, that that we have to be in balance with the masculine as well. So this is why this question's included. I think it's really important to uh, balance this podcast out with some male energy.
1: Absolutely, I'm indebted to all of the men and the male energy in my life. You know, they've. I'm I'm blessed to have an amazing father who is is so inspirational to me, and I've spoken to him every day during the, our lockdown period. The most I've spoken to him in years. And it's we've we've really deepened our relationship and so he's really he he's in the same mood every time I call him. So he's really buoyant and he's kept me buoyant and so and he's such a gentle soul. I love him dearly. And also my husband, you know, we've been through so much. We've we've been our each other's family, lover, best friends. Um, support system. Um, and it's been tough. It's been extremely tough. But he's the most intelligent and loving and amazing man I've ever met. And I'm blessed to be married to him. So my dad and my husband. Uh, but I have have had amazing uh, male teachers in my life. And of course, some of the plants spirits that come through are male, although a lot of them seem to be female for me. But a lot of male energy comes through the plant spirits as well and of course the the plants and trees are my main teachers yeah great answer
0: I'm so pleased you mentioned David too because he's a really important part of plantconsciousness.com and I did want to just mention for people that didn't know you know how far your relationship goes back because you actually live next door to each other as children didn't you
1: we did we're from <laughs> St. Ives in Cornwall and um my we moved down there because of my sick illness. Actually, as a child, it was the, it was one of the only places where I was um, healthy. So when we moved from we moved from Yorkshire down to Cornwall, we used to go on holiday down there. And um, in the summer, my parents had put me make a bed in the back of the car and drive me down to Cornwall, and I'd be running around on the beach. So they decided to move down to St Ives, and so they bought a house. Um, and then a, a year or so later, David and his family, who were who from Sentives, they are a, a Cornish family, they moved a couple of doors down. and uh, But I was in the year above him at school because I'm two months older than him. So we never quite kind of, we knew each other and, you know, but we were young and shy. and um, But then we got together when we were at university. We both went to London universities and end up li- ended up living around the corner from each other in London by sheer coincidence. Oh, my goodness. It was meant to be. It was, and so we've been together about 22 or 23 years now. Wow. Childhood
0: sweethearts who were planted together. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Final question then, Emma, is for your most meaningful song, what song do you really kind of find to be your your comfort and a place where you go to when you just need to, you know, chill out?
1: I have to say it's a little bit cliche, but John Lennon's Imagine – It's just, it makes me cry every time I listen to it. And I think I might have been an anarchist in a past life, perhaps, (laughs) in the 60s, I don't know. But I just feel such a deep respect and affinity to John Lennon and the wisdom that he brought through at a time when the world needed it.
0: Yeah, it makes you wonder as well, doesn't it, if we're going to see more figures like John Lennon emerge at this current point that we're in. Uh, as far as the world's concerned.
1: I certainly hope so, because, you know, we're looking around and we're thinking, where are the Gandhis? Where are the Martin Luther Kings? Where are the people who are standing up for our rights, actually, at this time when our human rights are being stripped from us with all these laws that are being uh, changed while we're all in house arrest? So, yes we really need those people to to be standing up right now for sure
0: well there are a few around and uh, just because you mentioned that i will say if anybody is wanting to do deeper research into what's going on at the moment dr shiva ayodure is very interesting to listen to and i also watched a video yesterday with a chap called Sasha Stone so Emma I know we feel quite similarly about this subject so that's um, probably well worth checking out alongside everything I've discussed with Emma today plantconsciousness.com really offering you a new perspective on uh, what's going on in the world at the moment. Emma thank you so much I I really am so appreciative of your time and, and everything that you've shared.
1: I'm honoured to be on your show, Joe. Thank you. A wonderful podcast. I've been listening to the other interviewees that you've had on as well, and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you so much for asking me.
0: I'm Joe Wise, and you've been listening to Wise Women, the podcast. You can follow Wise Women on Instagram, Facebook, and the website www.wisewomen.org.uk. Remember, wise is spelt with a Y. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. I look forward to you joining me next time for another Wise Women episode.